Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Set Piece Routine podcast. This episode is brought to you by the setpieceroutine.com, a website which provides in-depth insightful analytical information and content for football. Today we will be discussing football in Brazil. What is the financial and economic status of domestic football in Brazil? How do they manage to produce talent year after year? And how does all of this affect the national team? To answer all of these questions, I have with me Sadeo Gasparetto, an associate professor at the Higher School of Economics in St. Petersburg, Russia. Welcome to the show, Sadeo. I hope you're doing well. Hi, Charles. How are you? So, thank you for having me here and thank you for this invitation. No worries. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on. If you could tell us a bit about what you do exactly and what fields you study in particular. Uh, that would be a great help so that our audiences know your field of expertise. Okay, thanks. Well, uh, I'm bachelor in sports science. Uh, I've done the master in sport management and a PhD in sports economics. So nowadays I'm working as associate professor here in high school of economics, but I'm not researching and I'm not teaching about football. Actually here I'm teaching bachelor students in management sphere, but I'm still doing research in sports management and sports economics. So my my field of research is Brazilian football. So contents like competitive balance, sport league design and labor market issues. But I'm also right now make some research in European football as well. Okay. So that's that's a really interesting topic, and I'm I'm sure everyone listening to this will also find it really interesting. And you mentioned you work very specifically in fields related in topics related to Brazilian football. And when everyone, I mean, apart from Brazilians, I think when everyone else thinks of Brazilian football, the first thing that comes to our mind is the Brazilian national team. But there's a lot more to it, and the league structure has been in discussions across the world for a while now but it's but it's never been in the spotlight because the focus has always been on european leagues for the rest of the world so could you tell us a bit about how brazilian leagues operate and how they have a different structure as compared to their european counterparts no yeah exactly it's like abroad we have this this perception that the brazilian football is quite strong and successful. But when people say about that, it's totally about our national team. It's like our league itself is not that popular, is not that strong, or at least is not so famous worldwide. So the the league itself, the, the let's say the Brazilian football market is slightly different than the European one. So our calendar starts in January and ends in December. So it makes right now different than the European that usually start in August and September. But for sure, it depends on our summer because we are in the South Hemisphere. So we have not only National League and National Cup, we have some kind of tournament called state championships that they are geographic, organized tournaments that only teams from the same state can play among them. So it makes quite unique structure of football market. 
So this is a way to classify to national championship for the fourth division. And then there we start the, the normal organization of promotion or relegation to fourth, third, first, second and third. Right. So what you mentioned that is really, as you said, peculiar to South, maybe South American, but more even, even more than South American, more Brazilian football, that the regional and state championships are so important. They are so important to Brazilians and Brazilian fans that everyone takes them so seriously. And uh, they've, I mean, from what I know, Brazilian league has over the history gone from playoffs to leagues, back to playoffs, to group stages. It's, it's been all kinds of different things, right? And now they've yeah. settled into a kind of standardized format of a 20-team league where there's promotion and relegation. And as you said, from the divisions. But, I mean... Do you think the calendar affects performances of the national team as well? Because it's throughout the year, isn't it? And Brazilians in Brazil are always playing football. It's constant. They never seem to have a real break. Well, it's hard to say that the facts in our team because, let's say, nowadays, the top Brazilian players are playing in Europe. So they are not so affected by our national calendar. But, yeah... Uh, historically, our league has been ch were changing all the time. Let's say we had such huge tournaments with more than 90 teams in the first division, and then all the in few years later, leagues divided into groups, and then few classifying to playoffs. So I mean, it's very hard to say about the original structure of the Brazilian National League. So since 2004, since 2003. If I'm not mistaken, we changed, we created the league into a round-robin design, and then now it's quite similar to what we have in would have in Europe. So Europe. nowadays, is this structure has been quite successful. Let's say it's increasing the competitiveness, it's increasing the the average attendance, but still there are people that still prefer the previous format with these entertainment points like semi-final, quarter-final, and final. Right. And what about, this is the National League, what about the regional and the state championships that are so important in Brazil? Uh, are they also played during the same time, or are they, and, and are they financially uh, able to, you know, I mean, they won't be able, they won't be at the same level as the National League financially, but do they provide the same amount of financial impetus to football teams participating? Well, the the state championship, let's say, the the calendar start the year start with state championship. So let's say in January, February they start, and they usually are played to end of April, beginning of May, and then the league starts, the national yeah. league starts. So usually they don't match. Let's say if, when ends the state championship, then start the league. Okay. About about their finance, the state championship are much, let's say, poorer than, than the National League. For sure. And it's quite heterogeneous because as Brazil is too big, it's not too big as India, it's not too big as China or US, for example, but it's a very long, large country. So, and it's quite financially heterogeneous as well. So in this sense, we have very rich states and not that not so wealthy. And then the money that the, the state federations provide to the teams also depend how strong the state federation is. So right. it varies quite much. Yeah. So as you mentioned, there is uh, differences in the financial status of the states. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sao Paulo and Rio are the two biggest uh, states. And 
they're also the ones that have a lot of teams that have been successful throughout history. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are main, the more among those, those big count, those big states in Brazil. Okay. Uh, and coming to the financial situation, as you said, the state championships aren't as great as the national championship. But I was reading one amongst your many papers that you've published, and it's an interesting read, and it says, uh, the regional disparities are so much and it really affects it. But I also read in the same paper, that, I mean, Brazil is an emerging economy, as we know. And the financial situation is not that great for football. But if you look at leagues across the world, after Europe or Western Europe, Brazil is next in terms of revenue, in terms of net worth, in terms of player worth, everything. So, it, I mean, but it also says that finances are a problem in Brazil. So could you help us understand how that works? Because if it is the league that is most well off after the European leagues, why is it such a bad Exactly. It's like we have very large revenues, let's say. Uh, it's not as big as your top European leagues, but as you just mentioned, it's like, I don't know the ranking, but it's top 10, let's say, in, in yeah. the world. So we do have high revenues. However, we spend too much on and everything, infrastructure, players, and so on. And we have a huge amount of debt nowadays. So very bad management practice in the Brazilian football led to this situation that we face right now. So the teams are, are collecting money, they are getting high revenues, but they cannot afford, for example, to be competitive at worldwide level. So let's say, we can put some top teams in Brazil into probably top 30 uh, highest revenues in the world, for example, Flamengo in the last season, but still the top sellers in the club is not as good as such players would earn in Europe, or at least a relatively high quality in Europe, they earn much, much more than a player can do in Brazil. Right. And so... Compared to other South American countries, it's still better off. Uh, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, would yeah. be compared to other In South American countries. In general, yeah. Okay. For a long while now, as you said, Brazilians, it doesn't affect the national team so much because a lot of main Brazilian starting 11 of the national team go to Europe and play in Europe, right? But there have also been a lot of cases where they go to leagues which are in uh, Eastern Europe or Ukraine or Shakhtar Donetsk, for example. A lot, of, a lot of Brazilians move to Shakhtar and a lot of them are moving to Eastern European leagues. So in that case, is it is it such a big disparity that they think that Eastern European leagues would also be better for them uh, financially instead of staying in Brazil? Thinking individually, probably for a for a player yeah let's say they they do have high salaries in brazil but usually are those players that were rehired let's say those players that tried in europe and returned to our local market and then they earn a lot of money so we don't have such policy to create a career career plan for our our local players to make them earning a lot of money in our internal market and then go to europe so what happened is that the, there are guys like 19, 20 years old in a Chinese club, a Ukrainian club, a Russian club, even that are not primary markets in, in the world, but they pay much more than Brazilian clubs can afford. And then that's why they move. Uh, 
Okay. Also, there are that situation that that idea in the player's mind that if I go abroad, maybe people will see me more, and then I have higher chances to be selected by the national team. They uh -huh. still think on it. So perhaps it's better to go to a secondary league in Europe rather than stay in the local market. Local market. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. You mentioned that. And the financial situation is, I mean, it's uh, it, it has to do a lot with TV revenues and stadium attendances combined. And the stadium attendances in Brazil aren't always the best if we put it mildly right they're good but they're not really the best what what is the reason for it i mean i read that there's a reason which has a lot to do with weekend football versus weekday football and a lot of people prefer to go to the stadiums on if it's a weekday match as opposed to a weekend match and if, if they also prepare a price of the big games affects uh, consumer behavior a lot in europe it's it's the same i mean it's not the same because even if it's a big game and it costs more you can still see a full stadium, right? So, and not only just in uh, Western and highly developed European leagues and countries, pretty much everywhere else as well. Even if you take India's example with cricket, it, even if it's a big game and it's more expensive, the stadiums are full. So why do you think there's this difference of uh, expenditure in Brazil or the psyche of spending on weekday versus? The stadium attendance is actually a, a, an issue of our football. Uh, my, my, my impression is that football has been organized in Brazil over the last decades for consumption through TV. Let's say TV is the main revenue for Brazilian clubs. So the schedule has been organized to match the best matches on TV and the days and the times are according to the TV needs. So in the sense, let's say having matches at 10 o'clock on Wednesday in Brazil, it's very comfortable to be on your coach, but to go to the stadium with higher level of violence, for example, plus the distance of Brazilian big city. So makes very hard to make higher high level of attendances. Mm -hmm. So they are trying, they started to put matches on Monday or Sunday morning in order to try to capture more, more fans, but still to change the culture, it takes time. So I guess the Brazilian National, the Brazilian National Confederation should pay more attention in this point because not only financial aspects, it's not only the price of the tickets. For sure it affects higher prices make people less interested to go, but higher prices are related to top matches as well. So in the sense, people prefer to pay to watch a derby or a very good match rather than a very cheap one and bad one. But no, if it's more, if it's more planned for fans to go to the stadium, they could find this balance to have higher levels of audience, but higher level of attendance as well. Right. And uh, you said something right now which is it's catered to uh, the tv it's uh, brazilian football is catered to television needs and how people want to watch from home and tv revenues everywhere around the world form a big big part of club uh, i mean tv money forms a big part of how clubs earn the distribution of uh, tv money in brazil is also very strange as in 
I think the big regional teams earn more. Uh, I mean, the big these teams from regional areas which are well to do earn a lot more, and teams from smaller areas or teams that are small earn a lot less. So, isn't there a collective agreement in Brazil that allows for clubs to get the same amount of money? And if that's not the case, then how do small clubs clubs compete? Well, uh, nowadays the the deal is done individually. So teams negotiate by themselves and get the money that they can. But historically, it was collective agreement. So probably this is one of the reasons that the Brazilian football was very competitive in the past. And now the gap between uh, big market teams to small market teams is increasing quite fast. So it it would be very dangerous for the for the league. Uh, in in a short even in a short time let's say so in the past in the few years ago small teams could still compete but as in Europe is already happened in Brazil is starting to happen that 12 teams are winning more matches winning more championships so and right now there is a quite sensitive point that the government accept one, how can I say, I don't know if it's in, in English is right, like provisional measure in the law that allowing the selling of the rights, the broadcast right, it's not, it's just needed by the local team. So the home team is the owner of the rights okay. because in the past was needed an agreement by the TV of both teams to broadcast right now, no. Right. So this is quite sensitive and quite hard to talk because it it can be very good for the big market teams, yeah. but it would be very prejudicial for the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. So we have to see what European countries are doing well that this collective agreement in order to keep our, com our football still competitive. So in this sense, we are seeing small teams with less, less, less chance over the time. So is there any scope for change in the immediate future? Or is this, as you said, it's a sensitive topic, but is it talked about? Is it being discussed? Is there scope for change? Well, actually, it's the opposite because this change was about one or two weeks ago, allowing only the home team selling. So it's like we are going in the opposite direction as the European countries. But however, as consequence, some people, some decision makers, some lawmakers, some policy makers in Brazil are starting to discuss that, hey, calm down. What we truly need is to make our league strong, not one or two teams strong. So why don't create a league? Why don't you start re restart to sell collectively? So these discussions from both sides started to happen again. So it can be positive as well because it's not a law. It's just provisional. So we still have time to discuss and take better decisions. Okay. And you also said in one of your papers that there are a few factors that determine uh, good performance of clubs in the national championship. And you talk about payroll and the history. And payroll, it seems, would be pretty obvious, as you mentioned in the paper, because higher the wages, the better, better talent requires higher wages and they pro perform better. But something that is difficult to wrap uh, our head around if we are not into sports economics is the history of presence in that championship or the history of performance and how that affects your success in the league. So could you expand on that a bit? Well, 
history can be related to, can, can be measured to many ways, let's say. Can be years of the club or numbers of titles or numbers of participations. When we measure these through numbers of participations in a championship, it means that you are constantly taking part of the tournament. So as much as much you take part of a championship or as much you try something, it increases your likelihood to perform better, let's say. So it somehow, it somehow captures your performance over the time that you are performing better, better, better. And that's why in that specific paper, we measure like the likelihood to perform well, not to be a champion, but to increase, to increase your performance over the time. So in this sense we understand that, well, being in the first division many times allows you to maybe go to UEFA Champions League one year or perhaps win the league or in the case of the Brazilian league is to go to Libertadores or to go to be the national champion. So it's, this is the interpretation that we have through our results. Okay, that's interesting. And I think in the Brazilian league, it's the top six uh, two places depending on qualification that go to the Copa Libertadores and how how big is that of a financial boost for teams that do manage to qualify because it's not only on your league performance it's also the cup winners if I understand correctly that go to the Copa Libertadores which is the continental championship for South America so how big of a financial boost is it it's quite it's quite big I mean, I can I cannot say here marginally how much would increase the in in percents the the revenue, but it's quite high, and not only financially, it's like a it's like a prestige as well to take in part of international competition, to have a chance to be the champion in the in a South American championship. We in Brazil we give too much value for the FIFA Club World Cup, so to classify to the FIFA World Cup, to be try to be champion in this championship for us is very is very important. So. Being the sixth, you earn a lot of money going to the going to Libertadores plus all these intangible aspects. But because let's say the Brazilian Cup nowadays pays, if I'm not mistaken, even more money than Libertadores. That's crazy to imagine, but it's true. So financially, big champion in the Brazilian Cup is fantastic, but it's not the wow. same because you just classify for the Libertadores, not for the World Cup. Plus <laughs> the domestic cup. It's not an international one, so but still, it's like it's the dream of all Brazilian teams to classify to the Libertadores. And what you said there about it's not the same because it's your domestic cup versus it's an international continental trophy, and it helps. There are aspects that are intangible that help you build your club's legacy or your brand image, which brings me to brand image and brand value and how much that affects your. Uh, your club's, uh, you know, perception in the Brazilian mind, because as you said, it's really important to get that international recognition. And but there's this in Libertadores, if I'm not mistaken, there's this constant up and down. There's this some teams are in it for a few years and then they're nowhere to be seen for the next few years and then they come back in. So if 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 the, if as you said that gets you intangible uh, amounts, intangible amounts of you know, visibility and success, but also it get, gets you additional revenue, then why does this keep happening? Why is there a sudden drop in form? If Because as you said, history matters, right? And success in a competition or staying in one competition matters. So if you're 
constantly there for a few years then all of a sudden some teams drop out and for for a few years there's there's nowhere to be seen so is there a reason behind it it's quite hard to say an appropriate answer for that but my impression is that as we have these on average, some bad management practices in South America, it allows that you perform very well for a couple of years, and then you have to pay for everything you have done over the time. So what happened next is like you sell our best players, and then you cannot perform well as well. And this difference that we commonly sell the top players in South America to the European football also make this this variation in performance as well because it's like you just you just got three four guys from your your academy and they perform i mean in amazing way you classify to libertadores or even win any national any domestic league in, in south america but then you sell them all yeah. and to rebuild the team is very difficult plus Football is not too efficient in the way that perhaps you sold four top players and try to hire all the famous ones, but they don't perform too well. Right. And in this sense, you do not have your expected performance and then you drop. In the case of Brazil, we have many places right now. We have six spots, as you said, plus the domestic cup to go to Libertadores. But in the past, we're only four over the last decade, let's say. So it reduced. And then it may, as it's so competitive, the league was quite common to see a team winning a tournament one, one year and in the following one or in two following one fighting against relegation. So that's why the, this variation of participants. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to imagine in, a, in an European lens. Yeah, because if you look at it from a European context, it's pretty much the same teams that have been in the continental spotlight for now decades, right? With a few others coming in now and again. But yeah, it's really different to South American football. I mean, you mentioned that these players are immediately, uh, you know, to get additional revenues and to get good value for them, they're sold off to big European clubs. I mean, they're transferred to big European clubs. And... And you can't really replace great players immediately because you can't rebuild constantly. And you mentioned the academies and how they produce talent. And it seems like Brazilian football academies are this talent factory <laughs> because every year there's four or five names that that are in the global spotlight, which is just strange. So is that it's it's unreal almost <laughs> the amount of talent that brazil produces a single country from one part of the world just just keeps on producing and providing talent for clubs across the world so is there a, is there a secret to the success is there something that others do not know of that brazilians do well well this is a million dollars question <laughs> but actually no one can answer there is no secret it's like it, there are many factors. The first one is that we we are we Brazil is a huge country that almost the whole population do like football, and we do practice football constantly. So as we have, let's say, players with very high level, so we have good examples. So what to do? 
we have this constant practice that so we are practicing, practicing, practicing over the time. So it makes the players good as well. We have, I mean, people from from social science, they say, for example, about that football in Brazil is also a chance to to be financial financially independent. So it's an, a social opportunity. We also have this idea that, how can I say, that we give chances for, the, uh, the structure of the Brazilian football gives chances for young people. So it means that as we are constantly selling our best players, means that we need to be replacing them. So they have to be tried all the time in order to see, yeah, this one, fits here, this one, no, okay, go to lower level. So in this sense, we have like a very huge base of our pyramid in a, in a good level. So maybe this would be some of the reasons that why Brazilian players is somehow good in the international standards. I mean, not somehow, they really are really good. <laughs> no, I, I, I do agree. <laughs> but it's I mean, the, the form has kind of had kind of dipped recently, and with the appointment of Tite, the national team really started doing well again, and they won the Copa America uh, recently in Brazil. But it's even uh, though they produce all this talent and have kept producing for a long while, after 2002, they didn't really reach anywhere internationally, and were and for I think for Brazilians and for all Brazil fans, Brazilian football fans around the world, they didn't understand it, and it was a disappointment. No one really knows what happened, and if, if as you say, they constantly have this, they have this big base at, uh, of the, at the bottom of the pyramid that keeps on producing talent. Then what, what happened there? Why, why was there such a big gap that Brazilians are not used to in terms of not having success? Well. It's very unfair to say that we, did not, we didn't have a good performance, but we also put such pressure on us. It's like Brazil in 2006 were quarter finalists, 2010 performed great as well, 2014 semi-finalists, then quarter finalists as well. So it's like when we compare to most of the countries in the world, Brazil is still doing well. And we won, if I'm not mistaken, two Confederations Cup, some America's Cup. But yeah, we also put such pressure on us. It's like we, we, every World Cup, we are like top in the odds we say that we entered to win and as we didn't reach such result it's like such a shame yeah i mean one seven did exactly it was a shame for us and it was astonishing i mean everybody was in shock when it happened losing so strongly against germany but still it's like we are performing well comparing to most of the countries in the world but Football is becoming more and more competitive in a way that in the past we could name few countries that would win a World Cup. And nowadays we have much more. So, for example, it's not surprising when we lost against Belgium. And actually because Belgium were the top one in the FIFA ranking for a long time before the World Cup. So it's like, well, we, we were expecting to win. Uh, I was expected to win, and everybody wanted to win, but 
it didn't happen and it's not such bizarre result it's pretty it's pretty understandable but yeah we put such pressure that we still hope that in the next world cup we can win or in two because we still produce players so let's say even those players that are not selected to play a world cup Brazil still have so many others that you say, well, in some European clubs, these some European teams, this guy would be selected, this one would be in the first lineup. So it's like, we can perform even better. Th- that's the point. We are not performing well, but we can do better. Right. And you mentioned competitive balance there. And do you think, I mean... Uh, earlier on, you said that most of the Brazilian national team players play in Europe or somewhere in Europe, and then they play for the national team once international competitions happen. And right now, you mentioned competitive balance. So, do you think for leagues, I mean, not only for Brazilian players, but for leagues that, or for countries where all their national team players are from their home country's league, do you think competitive balance in a league translates to international performances? Is that really important in terms of good team performance at the national level? No, this is hard, even because it's like there are many factors to influence the national team performance. It's like, and even right now that, for example, under Bosma ruling, all Europeans are allowed to, to, to work in any European countries. All leagues have a certain limit of foreigner players. So finally, the, the domestic football became an international environment. So in yeah. this sense, what happened in the, in the league, in the domestic league, doesn't influence too much in the national performance. Let's say the English Premier League probably is the best one, but it doesn't reflect in the in the in the UK team. Yeah, but the UK team is still good. And I mean the previous World Cup they performed very well, but it's not because of the Premier League. It's what the, the FA is doing, what the clubs are doing. So it's like the 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 competitive balance in certain countries it it doesn't matter too much for the performance of the national team. And what uh, what are your views on how the CBF is helping the Brazilian football grow at an international stage? Because they have a lot to do. They had a lot to do with. They always have a lot to do with appointments and player selections, and they have obviously have a lot of influence not only in football but i think overall general brazilian society because it's so attached and integrated with football so what do you think they're doing right and what do you think could be the way forward for them actually in brazil we do not have a proper national plan of players development the player development is very based on club uh in the club policies let's say the we have some agreements between among clubs for example to try not to hire the players from one club to another according to the age and so on they are constantly talking among them but still we do not have a formal plan from cbf in recent years i guess two or three they are starting such discussions so the cbf are creating courses for improve the quality of coaches trainers managers and so on so we have this attempt but it still is just in the early beginning so right now i would say that the the performance of players the development of players is totally based on clubs so Fluminense are developing their players flamengo are developing their players and so on so in this sense i guess 
we have, because when you see, for example, in Germany, they have very structured and linked academy over the country. So Brazil could do for sure. It's such a huge country. It makes things difficult. But still, we could think somehow to make it better. But so, and it would be good for us. Yeah. So something like a structure that Germany has where the academies are linked to the clubs and they're also uh, reportable to the DFB. So something of that kind of thing. Okay. And what? And in terms, so that's the national side. And what do you think should, could be the way to kind of? I mean, I can think of collective bargaining agreement, but I'm sure it's not that simple. So what? What? What is the way forward for the Brazilian domestic league to improve in terms of competitive balance, revenues, uh, player, uh, you know, player development? Is it? Is it pretty much the same, or is there something else? Well, the first thing that we have to think is the Brazilian football, the Brazilian National League, is organized by our confederation. So it's pretty different than what happens in Europe. So we have Bundesliga, we have the Premier League, we have La Liga. So we have bodies that organize that are only focused in the first and second tier, for example. In Brazil, no. So we have the confederation that is responsible for all divisions yeah. to somehow regulate all state championships state championships they 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 enjoy such certain freedom to organize their championship but still they have to report to the, the national confederation so we have a body that the brazilian uh, football confederation that organize the whole football so in my point of view if we have such league body like is la liga premier league or bundesliga we could think how to organize from top down so let's organize the top of the, our league. So collective agreement of broadcast. We have, it's something that is mandatory to make the Brazilian foot strong abroad, not one team. It's not to say that Sao Paulo is strong in Europe. No, let's make the Brazilian football league strong. So, so we have to sell the broadcast, the streaming rights for European, for Asian leagues, for African leagues, for North America. So to make people see watch our football, we understand our clubs, because nowadays we know players, we know that Everton is playing in Grêmio, that yeah. Diego is playing Flamengo, that Sidorf playing Botafogo, Deco playing Fluminense, but no, we have to make the league strong, because having this football is top down, so if we make the league very strong, thinking as a league, as 20 clubs or 40 clubs, but for that we have very strict rules, for for licensing so the stadiums have to improve the facilities have to improve the financial fair play have to be employed so we have to create some strict rules that all clubs must follow in order to make the whole league strong i guess this would be a solution not to make us strong as uk or germany but try to place us among this top group that players we have but we have to recognize it properly right so, yeah, I mean, you raised some interesting issues and topics. And I think this conversation has been really important because when everyone thinks of, uh, you know, football in Brazil and when they link it together, it's always just the national team. Because as you said, it's the domestic Brazilian leagues, the championship or the state championship do not reach. They probably reach other countries in South America because it's important, but it doesn't reach anywhere apart from South America. It doesn't reach Europe, it doesn't reach Asia. And I think uh, Brazil has been missing out on a lot, 
of visibility and revenues because the football played in Brazil is so so unique and so interesting and so entertaining that you know it's more than just yeah. the national team so but a, a large part of the world just don't know what goes on in domestic brazilian football because it's not visible and i think you mentioned and raised some really really interesting points and this has been a great conversation so thanks thanks tadeo for coming on as a guest and I, that that was a really great and riveting conversation well I have to say thanks. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. I mean, it's a pleasure. It's always nice to talk with you. So I hope your your followers like the conversation and I'm, I'm free. I'm free to speak anytime you want to talk about Brazilian football. I'm so happy to talk about that. I, I would like to, I hope that soon we can, we can speak again saying that it has been proved that <laughs> things are going well. So let's see. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Sadia. That's it from this episode of the Set Piece Routine Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast.